the mastery of life is that I have confidence, trust, faith in engaging life. I have confidence in myself to engage a moment. I have confidence in myself or trust in me to take that step forward. Or I can simply say, I have faith in me that I can take that step. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Okay, so let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Miguel is the author of the books, The Five Levels of Attachment, Living a Life of Awareness, The Mastery of Self, and the Don Miguel Ruiz's Little Book of Wisdom. He also co-authored the book, The Seven Secrets to Healthy, Happy Relationships with his dear friend, Heather Ash Amara, and Heather Ash is gonna be on the show pretty soon as well. He now helps others discover optimal physical and spiritual health through his books, so that they may achieve their own personal freedom. Plus, and we'll get into this more, he has a new book on the way, which we're all anxiously and excited about, called The Mastery of Life. Miguel, welcome to the show. Hi, Drew. Thank you so much for having me on your on your show again. Thank you. Yeah, this is, you know, Miguel, this is number three. I, I don't know if you remember, I, I interviewed you years ago on my old show, and then we did another one, and now here we are, number number three. So this is uh, this is pretty cool. Well, thank you so much for having me again. It's 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 nice to continue the relationship and and, and engage. And isn't it funny? Like it's it's uh, time passes, and life keeps getting good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because we did we talked at the beginning of the pandemic, and you know, here we are. Um, yeah, about a year and a half later. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, one of the one of the big themes, Miguel, that I, that I've taken from your work is, and you've written about this. You've said, you know, embrace things as they are, not as they should be. Yes. And I know the shoulds, you know, should can be such a dangerous word. But for people listening out there, how do we deal with you know uncomfortable emotions, maybe even uncomfortable experiences? How do, how do we embrace these things? Well, in, in tying it up with the should and what is, the main difference why we say that, or I say that, is because the should keeps us in an illusion. What if all these possibilities, you know, anxiety comes from answering all the what ifs with the worst case scenario. And then we create our own fear from it, whether that's true or not, or real fear or not uh, fear, that depends on the individual and the experience. But when we started thinking of what should be instead of dealing with the problem at hand or the clay we have in front of us, we're paying our attention or giving our attention to our own projections, our own ideas. But if we let go of the, what should be, and we focus on what is, this is the clay we get to work with because what is tends to be malleable in the sense that, the reality of life that is happening right now is what's happening and we're dealing with it, but how we engage it, how we 
process it, how we take action from it, will reflect life as is. Like we, we can impact it. We can make a change. We can be the change we want to see in the world. Instead of what should be, our actions can impact our truth and what's in front of us, that clay we, got, we started with, has changed and and molded itself to that shape that we want to create. You know, that's why we call ourselves Toltec. The word Toltec means artist. Mm-hmm. And the canvas for our work of, of work of art is our life. So if we pay attention to the what should be, we're not really paying attention to the work of art that's in front of us. We're thinking, we're imagining, we're seeing all these possibilities, but we're but it's not really reflecting life as it is right now. But when we accept it, that this is the life we're experiencing, this is the truth, this is the clay we get to w- work with, the impact we have with it really becomes something impactful, not just in our life, but in our community. Mm-hmm. And life will have complicated emotions. Life will give us moments of sadness and despair sometimes it'll give us joy and and uh, wonderful things you know we've gone through a year since since the la- since this whole thing began you know it's like in my family the the we've lost i've lost uh four uncles three on my mother's side one on my father's side a cousin that was more like an uncle than a cousin because you know because i he was the same age as my father but he was still an uncle and a classmate of mine. So in the personal sense, I lost people I loved. At the same time, there's the silver lining that, you know, my son was going through some rough times with his autism and I was able to be here with my wife and my and my daughter as we were able to help my son go through that. And we were able to have a year where we engage each other and, and we can say that relationship we have with one another strengthened. So instead of thinking of what should be or what not, we engage each other and see how we can not just be flexible in what we can do with one another, but actually be there to help each other to love, have compassion, and create. Mm -hmm. So from that point of view, we live through the yin and yang that is life and our awareness of what is allows us to be present, which is the most important thing. And being present allows us to actually see that clay, to see what's happening and engage with that clarity, that emotion, that love that allows us to contribute with those feelings. Mm -hmm. It's it's okay to feel fear. It's it's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to feel... uh, what people would sometimes consider negative emotions because life gives us those moments where we will react that way and that's our truth, that's how I reacted. But at the same time, there's moments where we have gratitude for what is, you know, the relationships of the people who are with me, my father, my mother, my uncles, my, my cousins, my aunts, the, the people in my family that I love and my friends, you know, the people I engage with. These are people who I'm very grateful. And in you know, this past year, the people at the grocery store and the at the at the that I would engage every day, you know, I'm very grateful to them, you know. And 
and this, that's those things that allows us to know that we're uh, in a part of a community. And at the same time, I'm as an individual taking care of myself, healing myself, protecting myself, and at the same time being selfless and taking care of those people I love, you know. And for me, taking care of my wife, my son, my daughter is my main job. Of course, next to me sits my, my dog, Tail, who <laughs> wants love. And he's sitting next to me, and he just simply loves to sit next to me and just feel sitting uh, – he feels safe in that way. So mm. I'm grateful for that for that contribution as well. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I mean, it's such a powerful idea, as you say, to be able to mold that clay and, and just to be present. I mean, I had a challenge going on that I was dealing with today, uh, Miguel. And, you know, I found myself thinking, you know, it shouldn't be this way. It should be somewhere else. You know, you know, why is this person, you know, acting this way? And yet, you know, I'm not being you know, I realize now I'm not being present. You know, I'm, I'm in the shoulds. I'm should, 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 but, but, but I'm not being present. I'm not really able to deal with it if I'm, if I'm not present. Yeah, and that's the thing. In being present, we're able to listen. You know, if there's something that can be uh, sorted out or make amends, by listening allows us to have compassion for, the, for ourselves and for other people. And that's what allows us to create that bridge that allows us to co-create or just simply part, be part of a community where we help each other out. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there's people who will see it in their unique way. Like I can relate in the sense that uh, in dropping off my kids at school, you know, there's an intersection where sometimes you wonder if people remember the classes we had to take about taking turns at a stop sign and (laughs) one, two, three, four, one, two. And all of a sudden people like they see a gap and they take it and like, Hey, four went before two. And and you can see people getting upset and angry, you know, people yelling at each other. And it's, 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 it's interesting sometimes that we only see as far as our nose and what we want to see. Mm. And it should be this way. But in reality, if we look at it from that point of view and we see people who are stressed to people who are late to class, people who have to get to work and they have to go through this intersection, sometimes people just don't have the patience. And instead of wondering about what should be, when we're present, we can actually see, all right, where's my opportunity? How can I, I should I continue with the cycle or should I shift it? If I wait too long, then I'll never get my turn. But in somewhere along the line, being present in that cycle where uh, conflict can arise by not seeing each other, we can find that space where, okay, I can let you pass. That's my courtesy. And then I'll pass here. It's it's the way life is. You know, imagine life in that in that intersection if we all have that mutual understanding, we can go one, two, three, four, and that will be truth when it becomes truth. But in a situation where emotions run high, patience and and whatnot, stress, you know, one, three, four, one, one, three, two, one, you know, it, it, it takes, it t- becomes disarray. Mm. So in a situation like that, what are you going to do? Are you going to let the emotion come over and contribute to that cycle of disharmony or you are aware and all right how am i going to engage this intersection because sometimes society is 
It's that way. Community is, is that way. We can't con we can't control how other people see that intersection, but I can control how I see it, and that's my contribution. That is the what is. Mm -hmm. What is my contribution? Nice. That's awesome. Um, you know, uh, Miguel, so much of your work is about freedom. And I, you've written before that no one is to blame, just free ourselves. And there seems to be so much blame in the world right now. You know, it's just so easy to blame other people, this group, that group. But how, how, do, you, how do you see it? How, how do we free ourselves and avoid playing this blame game? Well, like Uncle Ben told Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. And just in case you didn't know, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. <laughs> okay. Great power comes great responsibility. With personal freedom comes the responsibility of the consequences of our actions. Personal freedom is to be able to say yes and no with a complete freedom of life. To say yes to the things I want to say yes to and no to the things I want to say no to. To stand up to my power, to reclaim my power, is to respect my no just as much as I respect my yes, that my no is just as powerful as my yes, and vice versa. My will is powerful because I am alive. Life has all the right to say no to me, just like every person in the world has every right to say no. To respect every individual is to respect their will. Their no is just as powerful as their yes, and vice versa. Life has that right. To respect myself is to respect that ability in me to say yes and no. With great power comes great responsibility, which means I respect myself to experience the consequences of my own choices, of my own actions. At that moment, it's not about blaming other on, uh, other people or not. It's about how do I choose to respect myself? Is someone else responsible for my free will? Is someone else responsible for my choices? No, I am. I respect myself to say yes and no and knowing yes. And I respect myself to experience the consequences of my own choices. One of my favorite quotes comes from Eleanor Roosevelt that says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. If I paraphrase that, no one can make me feel inferior, inferior without my consent. How do I give consent? By believing them. Well, if I ever catch myself believing someone who wants to impose their will upon me, then I will forgive myself for ever saying yes. I will forgive myself for believing that belief that says that I'm not worthy of love because that person told me I'm not worthy of love, that I'm not worthy of my own forgiveness because that told me person that told me I'm not worthy, or whatever other prejudice or point of view or whatever is tr someone tries to impose upon me. Yes, I don't live isolated in the world, and there's actions that other people take, and their consequences have an impact. But in my life, in my own journey, I can let that impact take me all the way down or I do not give it permission to make me feel inferior. 
from that point of view, it's about my respect for myself of how I want to relate and take care of this living being that is me. So I could blame all the people. I can blame friends for not thinking the way I will do whatever. I can think of that. But at that moment, it's an illusion because I can never control the will or perception of another individual because they're responsible for that. To respect other people's free will is to respect that they control to the tips of their fingers just as much as I control to the tips of mine. I don't control anyone else's will or perception. Basically, with that being said, it means that I do not impose my will upon someone else because I don't give, I don't let someone else impose their will upon me. And that's what allows me to co-create, to be a member of this community, to own my own choices and respect myself for the, those to experience those consequences. I respect myself in that way. And yes, there are moments where you can say there's people who take actions that really have a negative effect on me. And I, unfortunately, that happens all the time. But like every revolution that's happened in human history, there's a moment when the victim stands up and doesn't allow the tyrant to have power over them. And at that moment, it's not about blame. It's about owning the integrity of my word owning the integrity of my choices and like Siddhartha did tomorrow I don't allow those arrows to hit their targets because I won't take it personally beautiful Miguel maybe if you could talk a little bit about your your new book um, you know one of your prior books was called the mastery of self mm -hmm. the new one is the mastery of life yep what should what should we expect from the new one well, it's first the, the term mastery. The word mastery is about practice makes the master. It's not about me having power over something or someone or imposing my will. It's about gaining that confidence, gaining that faith in myself to take a step forward. It's, it's the equivalent of me being, say that when I first want to learn a recipe, if I read a cookbook and never apply the recipe, I'll never know what that meal will taste like. But if I decide to follow each step of that recipe, at the end, I will have a meal. I either succeed or I won't succeed, meaning by that it turned out good or didn't turn out bad. Either way, I took the action and I have a meal. I took every step. The next time I apply that recipe, I'll get better because I learn from my mistakes. I learn from the what worked, what didn't work. And little by little, I'll start adding and subtract, subtracting ingredients or changing the temperature to fit my preference. You see, as we put into practice, or you can say, put in the effort to create something, a little... Little by little, every time I take that step, I get to know what to do. Every time I get to know what I get to do, I gain confidence in myself. Little by little, that confidence, every time I put it into practice, 
becomes trust. Eventually becomes, I have faith in myself that I can do that recipe because I know I can do it. So you can say from that point of view, when I term mastery or what I understand as mastery is gaining that confidence, that trust or that faith in myself to take an action. It's not about imposing or controlling. It's about knowing I can engage and my partner to create is life. The mastery of life is that I have confidence, trust, faith in engaging life. I have confidence in myself to engage a moment. I have confidence in myself or trust in me to take that step forward. Or I can simply say, I have faith in me that I can take that step because I have. Hmm. Love that. Absolutely beautiful. We can't wait to read it. <laughs> I know it's coming out pretty soon. Um, so uh, that sounds great. Um, Miguel, just a few uh, sort of rapid fire questions for you. Um, what is a what is a daily practice or a few daily practices that make you feel the most alive? Well, for me personally, is waking up and helping my son and my daughter get ready for school. It's it's uh, in the morning. It's all about being at service to my family. You know, my son has autism, just in case you guys didn't know. So I'm there helping them. You know, I, I don't do the work for them. I'm there supporting, you know, reminding my son and take, helping with the steps and getting him ready and get food and loss. And I'm get myself dressed so I can take him to school and, you know, they can have that rely on me. When I take him to school and they make it safe and all that kind of thing. That makes me feel good. After that, uh, I come home and I do work. Or if my wife has a uh, honey to-do list, I'll do that. <laughs> and, and it's basically enjoying life. You can say, in a personal matter, I like to go kickboxing, go for a run, or do some exercise. Uh, take Tail here for a walk or go for a run with him. He's my He's my absolute fearless and ruthless trainer because he demands that I keep up with him. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done a good workout that when it all switches and then he has to catch up with me, you know, at that point, okay, we've, he, he did the job, you know? So that, those are the things that make me feel alive in the, in the mornings in the afternoons, you know, my wife and I, spend time together before the kids get to get home and we talk and we engage and sometimes we go for a run together and that's nice. You know, it's, it's really what makes me happy is engaging my family. Mm. Beautiful. Miguel, tell us, tell us something that uh, most people don't know about you. Well, I don't know. A lot of things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny cause I asked this question to your brother um, Jose, and he, he talked about, um, his interest in, um, design and fashion design, which was, uh, which was really cool. But I was wondering if there's one thing about you that, uh, that most people don't know. 
Well, I have a, I love reading a lot about physics and history. I, I, I thoroughly, I don't read spiritual books. I read history books, biographies on historical figures and physics. I, I, those are the mm. three topics that interest me the most. You know, sometimes I read fiction, but it doesn't hold my, my attention as well. It's, it's, it's wonderful for the imagination and poetry as well, of course, but I, I thoroughly enjoy reading history books and physics books. Mm. It, it's just, for me, it, it just sparks my imagination. You know, with physics, I get to see how the, not just the world, the universe works. It, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see life without the human and how it evolves and creates and and is it's 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 a it's a wonderful way to describe life history books you get to see the impact that people have had on our society you know it's it's is i love reading how someone took action and those ripple effects create the society we live in for good bad right or wrong and that always depends on the individual's point of view. But that's what I love about reading history. It's uh, Sometimes it may be fictional. Of course, you have to read it with a grain, uh, grain of salt because you, you always have just, uh, you, this one of the things because Jose has a quote that I love. I was born in 1975. Anything before that is just a story. You know, <laughs> I don't know if it was real or not because I didn't live it. And even to a certain degree, I even from 1975 onwards, it, it may all still be a story, you know. But reading history is simply being able to see the cause and effect that has brought us here, the sum of every choice and action and consequence that brought us to this modern day moment in time. Mm, nice. Uh, Miguel, in your eyes, what does it mean to be human in 2021? We are learning how to engage each other in a way that's instantaneous. And I'm talking about the internet and cell phones and even the way you and I are right now are talking. You know, we're using the internet, we're using electricity to talk in real time across a long distance. We live in a time where we can all reach each other in real time. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. Humanity has never seen anything like this. You know, in the last 20 years, we've basically taken a huge, huge leap forward in human interaction. And we're seeing the yin-yang of life play out in front of us. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a scary thing if uh, if if it's something completely new. But like I was saying before, with every time you engage it, you gain confidence on how to navigate it. You know, for us adults, this is all brand new. For the kids, you know, it's it's it'll be normal to it'll be normal to engage and be able to control what I perceive or what I don't want to perceive and all that kind of thing. It's it's an interesting time in the sense that knowledge, information, truth, and even lies can spread so fast that one has to relearn how to kind of like when I was in school, I had to learn how to read a newspaper and give it scrutiny, not don't believe everything that's in the printed page, 
we live in a time where don't believe everything you see in the moving picture or the the text be willing to give it scrutiny be skeptical but learn to listen somewhere in what's being told likes the truth but in order to understand that being able to give scrutiny and a lot of information won't survive that scrutiny and we live in a time where if we want to believe the way don quixote wants to believe that those are giants instead of windmills we can but at the same time if we're willing to disprove and give scrutiny a lot of information will fall away by the wayside because it's easily debunked. We live in a time with, that requires effort to give scrutiny to that which we perceive. Because all we're doing, really, with this inter, inter, uh, interaction is talking mind to mind. And that's what the dream of the planet is. That's what the illusion is. Sharing knowledge that reflects life as is, is what we know as truth. And the distortion is when that knowledge no longer reflects life as is. It's distorted. And that's when we know as the lie. To be able to tell the difference between the two is something that we are learning how to engage. In a couple, in a few decades or even a century, um, society will know how to handle all this information. But at this moment, it's all brand new. So that's where we're at. You know, you just imagine a hundred years ago. The telegraph was still the fastest way to send information across distance. A hundred years later, you know, it's like actually a hundred years ago, it was still the telephone as its most infant ways. You know, it's it's it was the what the what the higher class had, or the government or whatever had the telegraph and the early phases of the phone. Hundred years later, in this present moment, those two are basically ancient you know you don't you no longer need a wire to really connect you know you can have the 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 airwaves in a totally different way hmm. that's great um final question miguel you know last time you were on the show you said one of the most beautiful things i don't know if you remember this but you said today is the youngest day of your life yep and such a such a oh, such a beautiful beautiful statement um, if somebody is stuck, and this is the final question, if someone's stuck in the past, if they're stuck in regret, what would you tell them? I'll share what a, someone in Sacramento shared with me, the definition of forgiveness. And he said it this way. Forgiveness is the moment you no longer wish the past was any different. It is the moment you accept it and you let it go. To me, to accept it, to no longer wish that what, you know, now what I've learned from that phrase is that I can't go back to the past and change a yes to a no or no to a yes. Life is the way it happened. It, it happened. That's coming to terms with the past. I can't change it. It's kind of like accepting it is what it is, not what it should be. You accept it, it happened. So that it go is like, my brother Jose has a metaphor that I love, a scorpion that has decided to no longer sting itself with its own stinger, administering that poison that it meant for someone else. Imagine being a scorpion like that, that every time you think about the past, you sting yourself over and over and over and over again. So the moment of forgiveness 
is the moment you decide to no longer use the past to hurt yourself in the present. You let it go. Mm. Wow, beautiful. Um, Miguel, where should people go to find more about your new book and you and, and everything? Well, you can find us on our home, uh, my family's uh, website, miguelruiz.com. My personal one is miguelruizjr.com, miguelruizjr.com. Um, we're social media and uh, Facebook and all that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, one, one thing I want to let you know is that this is the first interview where I talk about the new book. So this is number one. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, it's an honor. And uh, we'll put all that in the show notes so people can get a copy of it and read it. And uh, yeah, we can't wait for it. Miguel, uh, again, a big honor to talk with you once again. Thank you, Drew. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.